Yeah, well, I am. My birthday, New Year's night. I've, I've had my full quota of pills, you know. You're only allowed so, so many painkilling pills that day. And I think, so what's, I think well, what's my life going to be like? You know, I was, back then I was only in my 40s, you know. And I thought, so, well, so I started talking to the bloke in the sky, actually. I said, listen, mate, I think I've had enough. I think I've, I've had enough. I want to get out of cab here now. And I did consider just taking the rest of the pills, but obviously I didn't. Don't know what it was. I did a little bit of stretching for some reason, and it eased off a little bit. It came back with a vengeance the next day, but it was the next day. I, I actually, I know those that are listening won't, won't know, but I've got a bit of a you know, a bit of a beard now. And uh, back then, I was to shave every day and whatnot. And uh, as I was having a shave, I looked at myself in the mirror, and I said, "I think you're the bloke that's going to get me out of this mess." Like you know, so yeah, that, that bit of a rock bottom for me, really. But it it also sprung sort of springboard me into life you know you know taking more action really you know looking around for other things what i can do for myself welcome to belgium business i'm kate markland and today we have the absolute pleasure of being joined by pete moore good morning good morning well it's nearly lunchtime for you I think you're referring to because I get up early, yeah. You uh, are a lark, yeah. You know, I get up quite early in the morning, I'm a bit of an early bird, so just after three o'clock and uh, sort of ease myself into the day, do some stretching and stuff like that, and uh, then I go down to the gym and uh, then I start, you know, I tend to start work early, about nine-ish anyway, so, yeah, if it, I know a lot of people, it's funny enough, the guy that owns the gym on Saturday, he said to me, you know, when you get up, it's like, when you come down to the gym, it's like, half your day's gone already, sort of thing, like, you know, but. Thank you, have... Thanks so much, Kate, for inviting me to come along today to have a chat with you. My pleasure. So your background, can you just explain to the listeners what your background is and how you've come to the point of evolving the paint toolkit? Yeah, it's, it's been a bit of an, a bit of an injury. Well, it's not even finished yet, you know, and I, I'm still still on that journey now, really. But so I, I started off, I've got, by the way, I've got no, I'm not an academic, I'm not a medical dude, nothing like that. I'm just a a person that lives with persistent pain, I learned how to self-manage it. But a story pretty is pretty much like most other people who live with pain. Back in the early nineties, I prolapsed some disc in my back. I think uh, I think two two down below and one in the middle. And like most people, you know, you ship yourself off to the doctor. So you know, straight away, see, I was sort of <laughs> taking myself out of the driving seat and put myself in a passenger seat, really. So I started becoming like on what I call the NHS carousel, you know, of pills, investigations, x-rays, MRIs and uh, ultrasound and whatnot, you know. And it was like, it's like being on, I call it carousel or the M25, like, you know. Well, I, I was saying that, the M25 at least, but the M25, you can get off of it. But when, you, when you're jammed up in the medical model, like, you know, care, which most healthcare professionals are trained in, it's pretty pretty hard to get to get away from it, really. But so from in say the early nineties, I pretty much struggled, and and then I, I I'd had some skills of running running support groups, etc. So I thought, well, perhaps it might be an idea to start up a back pain support group. So just back then, I just had back pain, so I started up a back pain group, and like you know, the, like most people, you know, we invited long hours or uh, osteopaths, chiropractors, and dudes like that. So really, we we wasn't we didn't really know about self management, and self management was not a term actually used years ago. Like you know, it's a, it's a fairly new term. And uh, so, but someone told me about oh, this is back, so listen. I'm going back to when we this this is Captain Kirk stuff. You know, doing this like interviews. You know, you're up where you are, and I am where I am. 
And, uh, you know, so for me, I, I someone told me about a woman in, in Norfolk who'd been on a, some sort of pay management program in London called Input. So I wrote to her and then I think we had a short phone, phone call for memory. And uh, so I wrote to her, the guys at Input and said, can, you, can someone come along and talk to the group about uh, what you do there, you know? And see, up until then, okay, I was I was like everybody else. I was a doctor shop. I was like a serial doctor shopper. I spent £8,000 on different types of... You know, anybody with an histology after their name, I went and saw them. You know, I was looking for something to fix me, you know. But I knew there had to be something else out there that where, you know, that's going to help me more than just taking pills and having people doing something to me sort of thing. So I, anyway, long story short, a lady called Amanda Williams, I call her my guardian angel, really, because she, she came along and talked to the, talked to the group about, about how to pace our activities. In actual fact, by learning pacing, we was able to learn how to do more throughout the day, but without increasing your pain. And I think, oh, God, dude, well, this is, I like this, I like the sound of this, and how to do graded exercise, you know, I don't, you know, uh, how to, you know, that's by using pacing, like, you know, you great, you pace up your, your stretching and exercising, or nowadays they call it meaningful movement. And I was, and I, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm ticking it off. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, tick that. Yeah, I love it. Bring on. Yeah, I can do that. Anyway, so I, I soon after, well, straight after, I, I, I applied to go on the program, and like the NHS, like it, it, it doesn't happen overnight. I had to wait eighteen months before I got my spot. So I went on the program in '96, and it was a two-week program, and I loved it. It, what I always say, it gave me the the tools and the skills to manage my pain myself. But more importantly, out of anything else, it gave me the confidence to do that. And I think it's what that's what happens. <coughs> excuse me, with people with pain or a long-term condition, is we lose our confidence to do stuff. Well, I thought it was really interesting. You really described so perfectly this going from the driving seat of your life to being in the passenger seat, and then several months or years later, that permeates everything in terms of total lack of confidence because you've become in the passenger seat of all aspects of yeah. life. Well, okay, I'll ask you, can you drive, Kate? I can drive, yes. Yeah, you can't. Did you take driving lessons? Yes. Yeah, but when you say, when you were taking driving lessons, whereabouts did you sit, in the passenger seat or driving seat? In the driving seat. Well, why, did, why was that? Because I wasn't going to learn to drive. Well, no, that's, you learn somewhat to drive from a passenger seat, I'm sure, as a child watching your parents. But, yeah, I wasn't really I wasn't going to learn to pass my driving seat by being a passenger. Exactly. And that, see, that's the, and that's the same thing with... When you're when you're self-managing, and that's what the program gave me. It got me back in a driving seat, so I could take charge of where I was going. So it was like drawing a line and moving on. And listen, it wasn't like visit Lourdes, you know, where I was sort of cured overnight. It took me about best part of a year to get off the medication. So since '97, I've never I've not had to take any pain medication at all. So, but that's all through learning how to self-manage, and I'm still still doing it today. But those skills I learned have been lifelong skills. So as I've got become an older person, I've got arthritis in most of my joints. In 2016, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. So all of those things that have enabled me to manage, get, keep on track with my life, you know, do still do do stuff I want to do, in spite of all these other all these other things coming along, like you know, so. Yeah, so, and then, do you want me to talk to you about how I moved on from there, Kate? Yeah, I do, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so shortly after I come off the programme, I thought, well, I want, I want to tell, you know, let the guys at the support groups know, know about this, you know. So I talked to them about it and 
but believe it or not, a lot of them, a lot of them wasn't even interested. They see they were there and flicked that switch yet about what what they could do for themselves. They were still looking for the fix, like you know. They haven't got the idea that they can drive yeah. their own car. They're still looking to be the passenger and looking yeah, to the driver. Yeah. So I, I I had to let go of the group. I said, look, I'm moving on. I, I, so I, I what I did then is I computers were just coming around. It was like a I think I bought a, a, a computer called Amstrad dot matrix. You know, had like a little printer with it, you know, <laughs> printed out all that stuff. And anyway, so I started uh, learning how to type and I thought I'd write a little program called uh, Backtalk, or oh, sorry, Fighting Back, for uh, for people who wanted to come with me. We started up another group, but it was only for people that wanted to learn how to move on sort of thing, like, you know. Mm-hmm. So they come on the program, etc. And I uh, got some healthcare professionals in to do stuff like a physio, we had an Alexander teacher and stuff like that, and and then and other healthcare professionals come along and talk to the group really. But uh, it was all about self management, like see, uh, so I keep calling it self management back then, but that word wasn't around. It was called self care, and in recent years we've t- we've moved away from using self care because self care really is just doing just you know get, well just like having a shower, brushing your teeth, and uh, that's like daily self care. But self management is about taking action. It's about moving on, like you know. So self care is sort of just well, just doing everyday stuff. But it's about taking action. Is the key word really, like you know? And it was so soon after, back in the in the early early two thousands, I was running, I was working for Backcare, using that same program in some of their branches, etc. That had or groups around around the country. And then something exciting coming up called the Expert Patients Program, and it was an initiative set up by the Department of Health. And I was invited to come to an interview and become one of the trainers. So I became a senior trainer for the expert patients program here in Essex. And because of my knowledge on pain, the Department of Health asked me to write a, write an add on uh, an add on module for pain that go along because they were finding out that a lot of many most of the people coming on the program with long term conditions had had pain as well. Like you know, so there was an add on module. So we we did that. And then uh, soon up, but before then, before I'd even joined the, uh, the NHS, actually, I was invited to talk to an organisation over in Germany uh, about what I did and what whatnot. And they asked me to write a, a learning module for doctors about managing pain from the patient's perspective, you know. And I'm like, well, where do you start? I don't know. But I, it was a challenge sort of thing. So, and it was then really I come up, see, but prior to getting involved with all this, my, my main skills really was being a painter decorator and a driving instructor so but i knew from being a painter decorator you, you you need the selection skills and tools like you know so you know maybe they're filling knife scrapers and paint brushes and rollers and stuff like that so i come up with the idea of having a paint toolkit so mm-hmm. uh, i started writing down tools ideas etc about what people i thought people needed to self self manage their pain I presume your skills from being a driving instructor, from taking somebody from novice to competence as well, were very useful as well. You had the knowledge of how to take people on that. And and some people can be very, very frightened learning to drive as well, in terms of also being very, very frightened of... Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fear. I mean, pain is... It can be a thought. Pain is one of them health conditions that it just wears you down, really. Like, you know, I mean... you know, you know, I mean, these poor, these poor devils around the world that get tortured, they use pain as a as a lever, you know, to get information out of people, and uh, it wears them down. You know, it wore me down. 
I always remember, I mean, I, I only started talking about it oh, well, in recent years, well, not recent years, I suppose, 10 years or so, I started talking, telling people that I did consider ending my life. So I've always remember, I think December 94 was my birthday, 31st December, and some buddies come around to take me out for the night. And I, I, that day I was, you know, if you said to me, what's your, te- what's your pain between one and ten? I would have said a hundred, like, you know. And and I felt really, I felt really sorry for myself. I think here I am, my birthday, New Year's night. I've I've had my full quota of pills. You know, you're only allowed so, so many pain killing pills that day. And I think we said, well, what's I think well, what's my life going to be like? You know, I was back then. I was only in my forties. You know, and I thought we so well. So I started talking to the bloke in the sky. Actually, I said, listen, mate, I think I've had enough. I think I've had enough. I want to get out of cabin now. And I did consider just taking the rest of the pills, but obviously I didn't. don't know what it was. I did a little bit of stretching for some reason, and it eased off a little bit. It came back with a vengeance the next day. But it was the next day, I, I actually, I know those that are listening won't, won't know, but I've got a bit of a, you know, a bit of a beard now. And back then, I was to shave every day and whatnot. And as I was having a shave, I looked at myself in the mirror, and I said, I think you're the bloke that's going to get me out of this mess, like, you know. So yeah, that, that bit of a rock bottom for me, really. But it it also sprung sort of springboard me into life, you know, you know, taking more action, really, you know, looking around for other things what I can do for myself. That's really interesting way of describing when you looked yourself in the mirror and said, "You're the person that's going to get me out of this." Uh, and it, it's it's for other people as well. Look, healthcare professionals have only got look. Let's take let's take this, the toolkit scenario. So I've got a toolkit of skills to help me self-manage my pain. And healthcare professionals have got their what their knowledge, their toolkit. And what happens is they it's not endless, you know, it's not like, oh well, we tried that, let's try to dip into their toolkit and find something else. You know, that it's not an endless bottomless toolkit, you know. So they get stuck as well. So the thing is, is like they get stuck, we get stuck, and you know, well, where do you know, where do we go from here, sort of thing, like, you know. But the thing is, because it's our problem, it's not the healthcare professional's problem. They're they're there to support us, hopefully. But the thing is that we have to do the work, you know. So we we have to we've been given the information, the skills in it, but we have to do the work. You know, it's not like dear, dear Arnold Schwarzenegger, I've read your book, now send me the muscles. It, it, you know, it ain't gonna happen that way, you know. So it's like I go down the gym. The, the reason why I go down the gym, do I want to go down the gym at six o'clock in the morning? Not really. But I know I've got to play the game because all the while I do that, it keeps all my pain levels down. And I, and I, I've got to say, I've got more health, pain and health conditions than I had back in the 90s. But because of all the other the self-management skills, I'm, I, I don't have to take any meds. So I've got a clean, you know, a clear head all the time, et cetera, you know, and I can get on and do stuff. So you've gone from taking whatever medication you were to now taking no pain medication at all through this process of looking yourself in the mirror and figuring out how you were going to manage yourself, yeah. your body, your symptoms, your pain. Yeah, yeah, it's simple as that, really. But people have, you... got to, people have got to look at themselves in the mirror, you know, and be, be, be real, you know. What can, what can I do to help myself? It's like saying, it's like you in your car there, okay, you know, you drive along and all of a sudden there's a traffic jam. And you say, oh, okay, I'm in a traffic jam. So, you know, you, you, just, you think to yourself, well, how can I get out of this? Is there another way? You know, we, you'll look for another an, an alternative route, or you're here on the radio and say, "Oh, there's a track, the one two whatever one two three, uh, a a one two three is blocked." 
you hear it on the radio, but then you go and sit in it. And you're thinking, okay, I'm, I'll make alternative arrangements. But that's what people do. So they, they just get sick and get stuck. And then they're, they're waiting for well something to happen, you know? It's like me waiting to win, win like waiting to win the lottery when you don't even do the lottery. You know, so it's about taking action. You know, what can what can you do? You wouldn't if you heard that the road is blocked, okay, you find an alternative route. But when it comes to health, I think people just sort of, you know, as I did, you know, you're waiting for something to happen. Well, no, and listen, guys, nothing's gonna happen. But until until you take action, really, because you're the one having to do do most of the work. So, Pete, I'm presuming that bef- bef- when you mentioned you were a painter and decorator and you were a driving instructor, I'm guessing you were self-employed in the in those roles. So, somebody that was really taking ownership of their own life and responsibility for their own life. So, you really were the driver of your life. Yeah. And then, what is it within the healthcare system? That when somebody has pain, injury, illness, puts them very much into the passive passenger seat rather than keeping them in the driving seat. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah but it's the medical model, isn't it? It's like, you know, there are, I mean, it's changing. I mean, I've, I mean, I've been doing this 20 odd years now, 20, 20 plus, 25 years or so, something like that. And it, it, it is changing, but it's all, all being, it's very, very slowly. The thing is, see, when, you, when, when people go to want to be a healthcare professional, doctor or nurse or any other physio ot or whatever they're taught in something called a medical model so it's what they're going to do to people give people or signpost people to etc like you know so what happens is is the thing is in those medical schools then self-management isn't on in the in their curriculum like you know i mean this is a drum i've been banging on for 15 or so years now where they just talk, you know, you know about medication and procedures and treatments and stuff like that. But and when you've got long-term pain, you know, that's, that ain't going to cut it like, you know, because you, can, you can't keep giving... I, mean, I remember a visit, I did a talk years ago to a group up in the north, northeast, I won't say where, and one of the, one of the pain doctors there, he, he got everybody on something, some sort of painkiller, you know, injection. They loved it. But the health kit, but it was costing the local health health service a quarter of a million a year, and they knew they wanted to get. They said, "Well, we can't afford this. There's got we've got to do self some self management." So I went up there, and oh boy, oh boy, the group were really so aggressive, like you know, because I was telling them about self management. They're you know, saying, "Yeah, that's all right, but what about what about I want my effing injection?" You know, and they, in actual fact, the guy. I'm not saying they would they become junkies, but they were so fixated on. Was you know because things with the injections they start off like having one every six months and then then it goes down to one every three months and then it's like nearly one a month sort of thing like you know because their body gets used to the medication etc like you know but I mean I mean it is changing but it's really it is it is so slow and I know I know some I, I do I go and talk at I do like something like this really with some universities where I will do a talk but I, I it's just like a talk. But it's not. I wouldn't say there was a dedicated. There was a dedicated session there about self-management, like you know. And, uh, and the reason being, I, I I think I had a light bulb moment. It was one day, oh, it'll be ten years ago, I think. I was saying, I get, I because I keep thinking about it. Why do, why don't they do it? And then I that light bulb moment. I thought, well, the the people there, they can't teach it if they don't know about it. So it's the the people at the, at the within the medical schools they say they can't teach what they don't know themselves really like you know yeah. so 
I'll tell you, there was one, one, uh, one, one, one guy contacted me a few years ago down in, I think, the University of Swansea, and I did actually go down and see the, the lecturers there about doing doing pain toolkit workshops for their for their nurses. It was like a nursing type of uh, university, I think. And uh, so, but, so the nurses, they, I think they really wanted it because they they wanted the nurses to to learn about self management. So that when when they see their patients. Also, they're learning self-management to keep yourself well as well. So I think, as you know, you know, a lot of nurses that get pain problems, you know, back back pain and whatnot, you know. Well, what's really interesting that I was about to ask was recently I had a, Kevin, a retired nurse, join me and he discussed how one of the skills that one of the opportunities nurses really have is to help people say no to, to decline further medical intervention, decline further investigations and get have a, a, a way off the carousel. And that was the next thing I was going to ask you was when people have started to recognise that perhaps the medical model isn't going to hold all the answers to them, it's my understanding it actually takes quite a lot of courage to stand up to the system and say, no, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, there's a worldwide problem with opioids, overuse of opioids, and uh, there are, there are. I know I talked to someone in Australia a few mo- months ago, and apparently people they cut, they get, they actually let them go, like you know, they, when they've been on opioids, but they're not offering them anything on alternatives, like you know, which I think is pretty cruel because it's why, in actual fact, it's, that's why it. When I heard that, it was a bit of a nagging thing in my brain, and that's why uh, I've just, I, I haven't finished it yet. I'm, I'm working with a buddy of mine over in Canada, a guy called Keith Meldrum, and uh, we're writing a, a toolkit called a prehab toolkit, so that if someone wants to come off of their opioids or they're getting ready for some sort of treat procedure or treatment or, or operation or something, they're learning self-management skills. You know, we call it rehab skills. Well, why do, why are we learning it back? To me, why don't you learn that stuff before so that when you do have your operation or you're coming off the pills or whatever, you know, the medications, is that you've got something to go on to, like, you know, you learn it learn it beforehand sort of thing, like, you know, so you hit the ground running. Yeah. We haven't quite finished it. Yet. And how many operations are you going, are going to be preventable because people yeah, get yeah, ripped? Yeah. Well, I remember, up, I think, I, I, I did ask about it recently and they said I didn't, they wasn't sure about it, but... Up at hospital in London, I was doing they was doing this where they would do like implants. What do they call it? What be the name of it now? It's probably an implant something. It's like a, it used to be a massive thing, but but now it's only like it's like a little matchbox. We call stimulators. That's it. They would implant those. So, so, but before they before they did the operation or did the implant, patients had to attend a, like a two week pain management program. And then it's funny enough, it's weird that. People that attended the program said, "Well, I don't think I need this anymore." You mm. know, so so I mean, pain management, pain management stuff really it does really work, you know. But yeah, I suppose sometimes you got to get people at the right time, really. You know, like, you know that those that are still, you know, if it ain't going to work with someone who's still doctor shopping like, or therapy shopping. Is there any commonalities that you've found in terms of when people decide to stop doctor shopping? What, what or get off the carousel what are often the triggers to that happening or, or maybe there is no pattern no i don't think, i don't know really so i mean i think it's like a you give like a surrender really sort of a realization that what what they're doing isn't working i mean you mean you talk to patients when you know people email me or they say don't they give me a look i ask them i say it says on my website don't ask me any medical stuff because i can't 
I can't, for medical, for legal reasons, I can't answer anything about medical medications or treatments and whatnot. And, uh, and they, they always list out all the meds they're on. I say to them, do they work? And nine times out of ten, they say, not really. You know, so they're on this stuff. So the other, the other problem as well is that, and this is probably where the doctor or the prescribing healthcare professional is stuck between a hard and well, a rock and a hard place, I suppose. Because what do they, if there isn't anything locally that they can refer people to, what do you do? You know? So you say to them, look, I, 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 you need to come off of this stuff, but it's not, there's nothing to replace it. You know, so there's no local pay. You know, I mean, think about the people that live in rural areas, like, you know, or perhaps in, the, the, you know, the hospitals many miles away, perhaps you're on benefits, they haven't got the, the funds to, to go to the hospital, et cetera, you know. What about these, excuse me, what about these those sort of people who have not the, the opportunity to go on a pay management program or a self-management program? Because, you know, they're not round, they're not on every corner, a straight corner, you know. There's, uh, it's only, there's bits of them are going, going on in the UK, like, you know. So, mm-hmm. so the job, what's the doctor's op, the cheap or the prescriber's options are, given the pills or nothing. You know, I mean, thank God for Zoom now and uh, where they could be. That's one of the reasons why I, I, I stepped up doing workshops online for those dedicated, really, for those people living in those sort of areas, really, rural areas who've got no chance of getting on a, you know, uh, getting on a program sort of thing, you know. You know. So once somebody started to recognise that, the medical model is not going to give them all the answers they're looking for and give them the release of pain that they were hoping and that they're going to have to, or they're deciding to take some ownership and have that look in the mirror and you're going to be the one that gets yourself out of this. They then do some research to see, you know, what options are around and how they're going to self-manage and perhaps they come across your programme. What have you built into your program? What are the key elements that you found, Pete, that are critical to helping somebody that's made that decision that they want to put themselves back in the driving seat get the outcome that they're looking for? Yeah, it's a really good question. That is the well, the workshops are all very uh, interactive. Let's put it like that. You know, it's not a sit and listen thing. So I ask questions, and because it's about get reactivating people, you know. And all the ones that do come on the program, you know, they said, I didn't think it was going to be like that. I thought I just have to sit here and you talk to me sort of thing. And I'll say, no, it's, and I'll try and get a group of people together. Normally I have a group of eight, eight people. So don't want too many people. So everybody's feels comfortable to talk to each, talk to each other sort of thing, you know? So I think the main, main things really, it's funny, I've just been adapted. I've been making, been writing other toolkits recently, like, you know, like, over the years I've been asking other people like me, what is what are the five the, the skills that you use to keep you upright? You know, get on with your life, etc. And they seem to be like pacing their daily activities, doing stretching exercises, or meaningful movement, have a setback plan. Well, I think there are only five of them. This is a bit of getting old. You can't remember everything, like you know. But just five skills. We come up with just five main things that they do. Like probably yeah. So it's pacing, meaningful movement, problem solving. And two hours. Hang on, I can tell you a minute. Stay there. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, here we go. Goal setting, action planning, pacing, daily activities, problem solving, meaningful movement, and having a setback plan. Yeah. And they're, 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 they seem to be, I kept it five, you know, five good, you know, because it, some what happens with a lot of, you know, for any healthcare professionals watching or listening, you overwhelm us with information. 
And when you've got pain, us lot, we've got the attention span of a flea. So, and you, what it is, you swamp us. Whether you think the more information you give us, the quicker we learn, that we'll get it, and we don't. We we need in, we need bits of information in chunk, you know, chunk size bits like they call it chunking, I think. And you, so I've kept it to you know. I said I could have asked. So what are ten ten things that keep you upright? You know, but I could just keep it nice and simple. Five things that people need to do, etc. And they like that. They like that because it's 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 not the it's not gonna. It's just to get them off the off the start line, really, you know. Because self management is about still learning. I'm still learning stuff now, but I'm still I've I've really got become a big fan of Instagram. So I'm learning so much stuff on there to help me still. Like you know, I'm learning other things, and I I just started playing the guitar again. So because my hands were getting a bit 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 rough with me arthritis, so I thought, well, let's get it moving, baby. You know, let's have some fun. So I started learning some going there, learning how to. You know, so do some chord shapes and all that, and all my arthritis now. Look at it, you know, really lovely, you know. So it's it's really helped that out, and I'm learning sign language and and all sorts of bits. Like, anyways, I digress a little bit, but yeah, it's just, it's just simple information. Little tip as well. Give you a little handy tip for healthcare professionals. We are visual learners. We like our information visually, like video wise and sexual. And the reason that being. It's because because pain is grabbing our attention all the time. So again, see so that's why we've got a sort of very low attention span. And the biggest biggest tip really is that before when you see a person with pain or a long term condition, is to take your medical hat off and put your educational hat on. And the basic the very basic skill you need to do or think to do to people with people is ask them how do they learn. So they learn from reading, watching listening doing or perhaps a combination of all four you know and then it's a, a bit having your educational hat on it's having those materials at hand so that you you know you signpost people to it it's not good giving you know like the leaflet you know give it everybody gets a leaflet you know you know we're not you know a lot of people just we ain't readers like you know some people are but not everybody's but most people i talk to we're, we're visual learners so uh, that's why I think I think people like the website because it's very, very visual. It's not, you know, like bucket loads of information there and text and stuff like that, you know. And I, I try and on the website try and keep it so it's engaging for everyone really. So there's a lot of videos there, a bit of text, you know, if people want to read things, signposting, big, big rubbers. I try and make it a, like a hub really for. Or healthcare professionals. You mentioned at the beginning that when people join your program, they give you without asking, they just give you the list of all the medications that they're on. And now there's nothing you can do about that or with that other than oh. this log that they've created. Do they then remove themselves from the medication? Do they then we take the responsibility of weaning themselves off the medication bit by bit by bit? No, they can't. Well, I, w- I never advise that because if you're going to, if you want to come off any medications, you must do that with the guidance and support of a prescribing healthcare professional. To do it on your own, it's not the ideal thing. Like you know, this way, I think you know you need that plan. If you feel like you want to come off stuff, is that you need to wind it down. But a healthcare professional will will be able to show you how to do that. So they typically go back to their GP for as they're starting yeah. to get more control of their life and ask, right, what can I start getting off here? It may be that you could say that you may have like, perhaps you want, I don't know, I mean, it depends on the medication, I guess, you know, they might want to have a short break from it or something, you know, to see how it goes. But when I talk to doctors and they, 
I always, you know, they I say they ask people, you know, they they look at their medication, say, do you think they're working? And it, in a GP, say the, the the answer from the patient is it's not really, and yet they're they're just taking it like you know, and you're taking stuff that you know, knowingly that it don't work, but all that. You know, you, you know, you're putting chemicals in your body, sort of thing, like you know. Yeah, and all the unwanted effects that aren't side effects, they are unwanted yeah. effects that you're yeah. taking the risks of. So yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's all it's all the roads lead back to self-management. Somewhere along the line, they're going to need to, you know, it's like get get getting their head around it. You know, what could, what can they do for themselves? Like just make some, but, but it's not big. Don't yeah, sure, there it, it, will need to be big changes but you but they, you do it you know a pace that suits them sort of thing it's like exercise you know when i i mean i think when i first started exercising you know my level all my, my all my joints were tight you know because see back in the day see for, to me exercise equaled harm movement equaled harm because the back then see when you saw a physio always remember the physio say so i want you to do 10 of these five of these 10 of them and you get up to, you know, you've got to do 10 or something, you get up to six or seven, you're thinking, bloody hell, my, this is really, this is really painful. So you think to yourself, exercise equals harm. Stop it. Mm-hmm. You think to yourself, well, I'm, I'm not harming myself here. I'm making things worse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but but now, that you know, I mean, it's all moved on from now. And, and we, they talk about meaningful movement. So in other words, what meaningful movement means really is that the, the person, chooses a movement whether it be an exercise or a stretch yoga tai chi dancing gardening you know it, if they choose the movement they're more likely to stay at it you know they, it's if they're but if you see a lot of people think exercise well i've got to well, go down a gym oh my god i'm gonna i'm not gonna see all the people there with the big guns and the, the lycra and stuff like that um, I, I, I suppose if I went a different time of the day, I might see them. But you know, I've, I've been down this morning. There's some young dudes down here. There's older people like me. You know, but, you know, but they're all down here for the right reason. They know exercise is good for them. Like you know, it makes us feel good. You know, it's, I'm, I'm not sure. So there are two things that you probably, I'm sure, you've seen her here from healthcare professionals, and one of them is the gripe about patients looking on dr google for answers yeah of course the individual is going to look on dr google for answers because if there's somebody is trying to help themselves they are searching for information yeah a lot of people like we do we, we do go I, I mean i use it you know i look for look for you know i don't really use it for for medical answers really I, I, but i know people use it and you know i've got a neighbor that does it like you know so yeah, yeah it's just that hip operation like and he's been He's got pins and needles in his legs still and whatnot. He's, he's, he's trying like, to understand where it's coming from yeah, and why yeah. and what's going on. And when he, but when he, and he talks to a healthcare professional, he's getting different answers. Like, you know, mm-hmm. but there's some pain weird, you know. It's not, there isn't always an answers for things like, you know. Why, why, why don't I grow hair on my head, like, you know? I think, yes, it grows on your chin, but not on your head, but you yeah, yeah, can't answer it. And... Just accept it, didn't you? <laughs> Acceptance is probably... The biggest step for a lot of people, except that you got long term pain, but you're going to move on. Mm. You know, it's yeah, I've got it. It's like I'm bald, I'm a slaphead, and and, and this is it. This is it, and this is best it's going to get. But it's about, but is it going to? How is, is it going to? Am I going to let it interfere with my life? You know. But the thing is, it's got it's going from becoming a can't do person to becoming a can do person. 
And the the other part you mentioned there, when you're sort of describing this prescription of 10 of these, five of these, 10 of those, which I've certainly seen and everybody listening is going to have heard and seen. And then the clinician will often complain that the person wasn't compliant. Well, they weren't, they're not getting better because they weren't compliant. The blame is put on the patient or the, the client rather than... It's it, but they're, they're, I mean, I know, I think they look, they do learn communication skills while in med school, but perhaps, I mean, I, I'd say to people, I'm pretty, I, I, you know, I just say to people, what do you think you need to be doing? Yes. They, they're so used to, you know, be, well, you tell me what to do, yeah. is that they, they've switched themselves off. Yeah. So what I, my, my job really is to switch them back on and say to them, well, okay, fair enough. So, so what do you think you need to be doing? And yeah. if they, they look at you thinking, well, why aren't you, aren't you going to tell me? You know, but, it, but it's see for me, it's it's odd, it's, it's that, that awakening, like you know, it's that that looking in a mirror, saying, well, yeah, well, what, so what am I going to do? What's my battle plan? You like, you know, yeah, uh, uh, you know, out in five things, problem solving. You know, we all get problems in life, but we have, you know, they need a, a lot of people need a bit of a formula on how to 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 solve problems. Like you know, there's see, we're so switched off, it's unreal. Yeah. No, we we literally turn into like not children's probably a wrong word, but it's like some like they're taking out some sort of memory chip or something, you know. What what could we do for ourselves? But people, in actual fact, people know what to do, but they don't associate it with getting back, you know, using it in for their for their pain, like you know. I say, I mean, you brush your teeth, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, you've got no set of gnashes there, yeah. don't you? Yeah. See, so so why do you brush your teeth? So that I don't get rotten teeth and toothache and they don't fall out. And then probably so it also means that I can eat a bit of sugar without worrying as well. Yeah. So, so in other words, you're self-managing. Yes. See, now when I say that to a patient, you know, it's a person with pain and what, they go, oh, see what I mean there. Yeah? See, the thing is, they don't talk They don't talk to us. They call what I would call street language. Yeah. You know, what things we would under, like when I use the, the driving, you know, when you, well, why do you learn to drive? You know, because when I ask you that, you think you're bloody. What's he asking me that for? What's he asking me that for? But it's because of well, that, and then I ask you another question, like you know. So I know why I'm reactivating people because I want to get information from you. But you know the information already. But you didn't mm. associate being in a driving seat that you had been in a driving seat with something to learn to drive. With you as in charge, brushing your teeth is a form of self-management. You know, because it means if you do that, you don't have to go and see the dentist. Who the hell likes going to see the dentist? Mm. You know, no one does, like, you know. So people know, distinctly know, they know, people know exercise is good for them, but where do I start? Mm. And that's why meaningful movement. And it's like if they like gardening, so let's plan out how you can perhaps do some gardening where you're moving, so they're moving, stretching around and stuff like that. But how can we do it in a way so you're not overdoing it? And that's where pacing comes in. So pacing, uh, I, I must talk about this before, because I know we're coming up to the end of our time, but pacing is such an important part for, for people with pain and also long-term conditions. Pacing is taking a break before you think you need to. What people with pain long-term conditions do is they'll do it, start an activity, and, and when the pain or the symptoms start, I think, oh, I better, I better ease off now. That's the, the the pain managing you. It's telling you when to stop. So in pacing, it's taking a break before then. So you've got to find out where 
you need to stop to take that break. And that's what I'll teach you on the, on the, on the workshops. I'll tell you where to stop. Yes. Well, they'll tell themselves where to stop. Yeah. Yeah, but they got to do. Yeah, they got to. Yeah, they got to find something first. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep you. Keep you in, in suspense on that one. Thank you very, very much for joining me, Pete. And thank you so much for your inspiring story and the hard work you've put into creating the pain. Yeah, listen, you know, I really appreciate you inviting me and all that. It's a nice way to start a week on a positive, you know, having a positive conversation with a positive person. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this podcast valuable, here are four ways I can help you grow your practice for free. Firstly, visit www.marklandmethod.com forward slash grow. There you'll find access to the free Profit Without Pills program. You'll also have opportunity to register for the free web class, the triage call, and you'll be able to sign up for the weekly email newsletter where you get hints and tips on how to create a profitable, sustainable practice. And finally, please leave a five-star review so I can get access to influential people and speakers and bring them here so that they can share their lessons with you.